Guys, welcome to the next episode of the Mastery Podcast. We're starting an entirely new installment with this episode 11. I'm your host, Master Chris Malarkey, fifth degree black belt in traditional Taekwondo and owner of CMTKD in Belleville, uh, New Jersey. Before I introduce this amazing next guest, guys, please hit that like, follow, or subscribe button located somewhere on your screen so I can continue bringing this amazing content to you. Uh, wherever you are around the world. Uh, without further ado, I think this man needs really no introduction. I think I'm really sitting here with uh, one of Detroit's legends um, and a producer that really needs uh, really needs no introduction whatsoever. Uh, I'm sitting here right now joined by DJ House Shoes. Sir, thank you for being here today. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor. I can't even believe I'm speaking with you. I'm glad to be here, brother. I wish everybody talked about me like that. <laughs> well, all of been enlightened by uh, this mastery pro this mastery process. Uh, this podcast, like I said, uh, you know, before we kind of hopped on, is all about sort of discovering the process and getting obsessed at the process of what it takes to master different crafts. I've spent the first ten episodes. Uh, of this podcast, really focusing on martial arts and martial artists, giving them highlights and whatnot. And I found uh, my way to you, actually, just really, it was Dilla Month. I, it is Dilla Month, obviously, we're, we're in that. And uh, I get like this every year. I kind of just, you know, hop right into all the all the stuff. And uh, I just couldn't, uh, I, I, I was like, I got to, I got to try to talk to this guy. I got to see. And, um, and somehow I just shot you, literally shot you a message before I went to bed. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and I was like, hold on a second. So I thought, you know, <laughs> this guy responded to me and, you know, like you, you probably get all kinds of inboxes and DMs and stuff like that. So um, this was really great. Uh, tremendous opportunity for me, uh, first and foremost. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about uh, you and what you've been up to, how you've been doing with COVID. Why don't we start there? How you been? Man, I don't even know if I got that shit right now, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy, man. Um, my folks had that shit a few months ago. And, you know, I've been trying to steer clear in my, my whole role, you know, just in entertainment. My job is after the finish line of all this shit. Correct. So I've just been, you know, financially responsible as much as I can. You know, I'm sitting on that unemployment. And, uh, yeah, man, the whole house got COVID over here right now. And wow. I don't. Wow. Wow. Well, and it's like racial or what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> it's been crazy to spend uh, the past two years in sort of a time that we read about in textbooks, right? Where we kind of flip back the pages of time. And, you know, this is not the only pandemic we've been through. And like right. so many more that have not been recorded in, in, the, in the Earth's time. But to, uh, to live through one, I think, is... Uh, is kind of uh, unique uh, to say the least, but I'm glad you're safe, uh, at least feeling uh, a little bit better today. So, um, yeah, man, shout, shout to the kids, man, because the kids is handling this shit way better than we are. Yeah, I, mean, sure I, I think so. Watching my kids pivot right into it and then kind of just fall out of it yeah. was, yeah. It was well, inspiring. I, you know I, I, mean? think, I think not being, I think personally not being, I have three of my own, um, and I, I believe not having to be, although they have their difficulties, obviously, through all this, especially with being so sedentary the first year, um, not being sure whether we could go out and do sports and right. um, walk around. And uh, I just remember my experience was, uh, 
you know, being as active as I have been for the past 30 years in martial arts, it's not like I spend a lot of time sitting down. So this is this is effectively my sit down time. Um, and I get to spend it with special people like yourself. And uh, we did a lot of that uh, last year. And then all of a sudden I was just like, we got to fix this problem because this is going to become bigger and bigger. And yeah. kids with bellies, it doesn't make any sense. You know, like we got to yeah. get these guys moving around. And we did. We figured it out. But um you know we just ended up coming from a karate championship today so it was great to that was like our uh sort of a preview of normalcy sort of returning uh um, right. which was good on on that end but i wanted to delve um back into you man so there's a lot of stuff obviously on the internet as you know you're you're very what really gravitate what i gravitated toward uh you i i listened to a lot of interviews with you the bling 147 a lot of stuff crate diggers um i spent a lot of time in the youtube hole and um I got a really um, genuine, humble sense from you that you're really just about the music and really about promoting other people. I, I rarely hear you talk about yourself. I mean, it's just like a, and I, I feel I feel connected to that uh, in that sense. Um, I, I would like to think I'm that way as well. So um, it just, um, it, it, it really resonated with me um, that someone who's got your stature is sitting and it rarely happens when you see someone of your stature promote other people in front of ahead of yourself or in front of yourself so well yeah. devil's advocate before anything i'm a dj correct and before i was a dj i just wanted to be the first motherfucker with the tapes <laughs> i wanted to have that shit first and put yeah. all the homies up on it you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And I found out through DJ and my homie was a DJ and he had all the test presses. So that's how you got the shit first, first. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. But just the ego of DJs is, you know, there's definitely technical strengths that some have uh, that they're fucking crazy with what they do. But at the end of the day, you're playing other motherfuckers music. Right. So right. how can you have an ego? Right. <laughs> When you're playing, your whole job is playing other motherfuckers' music. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm definitely, a lot of people think that I'm a real arrogant, cocky asshole, but I, I'm a conduit. I'm a vessel. I share the most amazing shit you ever heard in your life years before anybody knows about the shit. It's almost painful wow. to be so ahead of the curve, like to be five years ahead on a motherfucker's career where it's too early a lot of times. That's how people would view it. You know what I mean? But right. I get in and you perk my ears up. We're off to the races. The music right. is all that matters. <laughs> I you love know that. what I mean? I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm also loving the background to all the vinyl records, uh, which we'll oh, yeah. get around to as a prominent man back there that we'll, we'll spend a portion of this episode dedicated to for sure. Um, yeah. But I, I love the, uh, I love that that realness about you too because i feel like uh you know in martial arts and my craft i'm not sure you've had any experience in martial arts or mm -hmm. uh or in fighting in general but uh, right. i feel like this podcast really um is designed to highlight the fact that we actually all are all fighting in some way either, oh, either against something or or to get something in some way we're either fighting against disorder or chaos or trying to organize ourselves a little more and bring a little more structure to our <laughs> lives i guess as we get older um so it doesn't necessarily always have to be martial arts uh, per se but that's one of the big things big takeaways from my time spent and i feel like uh you're you're an artist essentially as a dj you're a musician and you're and, you know and i keep i keep it a buck 
Yeah, yeah, you I definitely a buck, and a lot of people have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, so that doesn't be a reflection on them. Right, right. 100%. Keep your ears out and pay attention to what people say about me because all I do is keep it a buck. So if you have a problem with somebody that's keeping it a buck, what's going on? In your, what's going on on your page, homie? Right, you know right. What I mean? Absolutely. I check. Yeah, you know, and I understand we've had a lot of cultural growth in regards to being sensitive to different groups of people, but my honest feelings about the era we live in is that motherfuckers is just too sensitive. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's too sensitive. It's a lot of oversensitivity in every group. Like life is cut whole, you know, it's cold, it's hard. And the truth is fucking cold and it's hard. Absolutely. And if somebody says some real shit and you figure out how to take them off of this plane figuratively, Right. Once again, look in the motherfucking mirror, man. What's the problem? Right, right, right. You know I, mean? I feel like that's a that's a big uh, that's a big nod to something I share as well, where I try to I practice a very traditional form of what I do. So this is essentially like the way it was intended to be done from day kind of one. And it's harder. It's hard to maintain some of the elements, the basic elements of our humanity. I think as the technology grows and advances. Um, I feel like I can I'm in a particular pocket where I can maintain, you know, the eye contact and the, you know, ability to talk and cooperate with someone in an environment that's not very comfortable because when you're fighting across from somebody else, you're not necessarily always, you know, uh, you know, at your best or keeping the restraint. You have to learn how to develop things and grow um, in a very unnatural sort of environment. Right. Which is where I spend a lot of my time teaching. Um, is in cases where people do get to the just the brink of being able to lose it, but then bring it back down. So I feel like that's 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 kind of a, a traditional value that is hard to keep, harder to keep as we go. Um, yeah, in regards to that, I've learned to control myself. Right. Because you know, I'm always going to speak my truth, but it's it's just over the last like you know four or five years, there's been these internet fucking meltdowns over house shoes and it's like do i really have the fucking time and the energy yeah you know what i mean like i really i got to the point now where i have 1600 notes in my phone wow you know the note the note function where you can just like yeah, type 100 percent. i'm always in it <laughs> so i used to just type that shit and right. post it Right now, I type that shit and I count to a good twenty, and I'm like, eh, "Do you have the energy?" Like, <laughs> yeah, what you, what you just wrote down is one hundred percent real. Right, but I used to have fun with it. Like back in the Twitter days, yeah, I would just set the table. Right, like, let's go, homie. You know what I mean? I ain't got shit else to do. I Absolutely. broke the Twitter habit. I don't even use Twitter anymore. Right, right. Because it's like for what? You know I, was, what I, mean? I'm, I followed you on Twitch the other day. I was just looking at, looking at, you know, just trying <clears> to find <throat> any platform to kind of like access more of your music. I got you on Spotify. I was listening, going through albums, not just for this podcast, but I was just listening. Um, it's tremendous music, man. Like the production, yo, it's like, it's knocking, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I love the, I love, I got more, I, I fell in love with instrumentals because I felt like I listened to so many songs and had so many words in my head and, I, most of my job is speaking. It was like, I just need something to be able to pull me out of, you know, this trance of cooperating externally and verbally and putting right. me back into like a, a mental state where I can almost like meditate as I go. 
you know what I mean, throughout my day. What, like, let me remember the last beat I heard. And, and, and you know, most, I, I would say even before I started martial arts, I've always accompanied martial arts with music. I've, right. even, I've even written about it. Like you gotta be in tempo, disrupting rhythm. And it's like everything sort of comes back to music in some way and numbers. Um, it, the math and the structure, right? Yes, it's math and the structure, exactly. And I feel like producers, especially on your level, get that, you know, they understand, hey, you know, there's a math to this, but there's an art to it as well. Now there's the same thing sort of in my business, but you know, it's just a different focus, but it's literally kind of the same road, just parallel, right? We all kind of climb different mountaintops to get to the same view at right. the end of the day, you know what I mean? Mastering what we do. Um, so I guess my question now to you, uh, is what got you into music, if we can kind of take it back? What got you, like, started <clears throat> music production, anything? Uh, I mean, just music in general. I, mo both of my parents uh, were musical. Not personally, but they both enjoyed music. Right. Um, my father <clears throat> and my mother had separate record collections. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, at any given time, you know, from Steely Dan to Stevie Wonder to, you know, Kenny Rankin, Frank Sinatra, Miles Davis. It, it, it just wasn't a particular thing. You know what I mean? It was, all, it, but it was all quality shit. It wasn't like pop hits. So I just, you know, I grew up in those surroundings. My parents got divorced. Uh, I would go to the record store with my pops on the weekends. That was ritual. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, then when I was in fucking, you know, 11th, 12th grade, being a hip hop motherfucker since like the fourth or fifth grade, then finally meeting, oh, finding out the homies made beats and shit. Right. Oh, that's it. And right. just, okay, here we go. Four track, <laughs> nine volt battery powered sampler, looping up drums, finding shit to go on top, meeting JD, you know, buying a 3000. Right. Having JD show me how to work the SB twelve hundred in the basement. You know what I mean? Like, just mind blown. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And life, I mean, sometimes life makes the decisions for you. You know what I mean? That's interesting. It's, it is. It it seems like when I look at your life, at least from what I could find on the internet, trying to draw like sort of a, a timeline, if you will, <laughs> like you spent so much time with so many important people, producing for a lot of important people too. Ella J, I read LZ, Proof, um, uh, Danny Brown. Like it's like, and, you, and you've crossed paths with so many profound, prolific people. And- It's crazy, it's crazy I, having all your fucking heroes in your phone book. Yo, it, it is like, yeah, that's what I kind of feel like it, it is. And um, at least on your end, and it's like, I wonder what you think about that retrospectively, you know, looking back on, you know, except- I don't, I don't recommend it. Yeah, okay. I don't recommend it to anyone. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. It could be a bummer, you know what I mean? You, 100%. There's a lot of demystification and humanization. Let's just, I wish we could have just kept them the gods. Right. right. You know what I mean? It's a pleasure. Yeah. A lot of them funny as fuck though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, when you get to know, I, I, just, I just have a really bad habit. You could look at it either way. It's either a great habit or it's a terrible habit. Right. As soon as I smell some fuckery, nah, homie. I'm like 
I don't, I'm not, nope. I'm from Detroit, man. We don't fuck with people we don't like. Yeah, yeah, I read, I read that. <laughs> I got that. I definitely got that sense. Um, with the Detroit era that you kind of came up in and I guess having, I guess starting, starting there being really like an icon there. Did you, did you ever visualize or envision yourself when you started out, you know, making those little tracks and doing things with those friends of yours that made music? Did you see yourself automatically as like, okay, I want to be a producer. I want to make music. What, was there anything that captured you about the, the making music process? I mean, I had it in me. Yeah. I had it in me from the jump because like the first beats were, were decent. Right. It's like, I can do this shit. You know what I mean? But it was never, it was never looking down the road. It was always looking at what's right in front of me. It was always, you know what I mean? Like it was never any of that. Okay. I'm going to do this. And then it's going to do this and that, 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 even with street corner, even with my record label, right? all it is is existence. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? Like, Love that. Internet might be gone tomorrow. The records ain't going fucking nowhere. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Records ain't going nowhere. The records gonna be here until this shit ain't here no more. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole goal, man. That's the whole, you know, it was always like that. Like, oh shit, can I let me get on? Let me let me borrow the four track, bro. Let me hold the four track in the sample. Beautiful. Yeah, okay, word. I'm in fucking at the crib at mom's house, fucking losing my motherfucking mind. Make you know. Oh shit, I can do this too. Not only like it's just it's, it's crazy when you find out that the homies are doing it. Because of course there's gonna be some type of scene somewhere, right? Or area, but you know, until you see it, you ain't part of it. And oh, I was I've always been completely honored how <laughs> you know I was just kind of accepted. I just love this shit, man. From the jump, people just accepted me. I never really had to go through the who's the white boy shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yes, proof, yes. proof accepted me immediately. You know, all these motherfuckers from the scene, man. And then, you know, like I said, life makes decisions for you sometimes. I got hired at St. Andrews Hall. Right. And I got to fucking be in charge of what the motherfucking city listens to for the next 10 years. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. And I don't play ball. I'm selfish. I play <laughs> what the fuck I like. Right. Y'all right. in a real good place. Y'all in a real good place. You know what I mean? Like, never played ball. Like, it's funny. We you, One of the first questions you asked me is like, I don't like sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I to ask him while he's on just to see maybe if I could find, you know, something that hasn't been uh, put out on the Internet yet. But, uh, no, it, again, the, the musical content is really where uh, the focus is for me because it's really been a thing. I mean, again, I've never produced any any music before. I love to listen to music. I love instrumentals. I, I like, I got, I really got into the process by listening to, I mean, I, I literally stood up in my chair in college when I listened to Dylan. I, I stood up in my, I still remember where I was. It's like, who is making this? I was like, this is- How old are you? I, I am 33, 33. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm a young guy. I'm a young guy. <laughs> I think still got a couple of years to hold on to. <laughs> But um, he died in 06, and um, and I probably did all my all the research I think I possibly could, you know, <coughs> far. But um, you know, it was like one of those moments where I went down and I found it on found stuff on YouTube, um, and kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. And then I was like, let me look this guy up. And I was like, whoa! I wish 
I don't know if you ever were at a point in your life where you're like, yo, I, I could give up the, I could give up the six months I just lived if I could go back six months mm-hmm. and be right there when this person was still around and, yeah. or just around that scene or around that energy because, you know, it was too late by the time I started listening to be quite frank, but um, the impact obviously is profound. My, I put my sister on it. My sister played every. It's like I feel like that's everybody. Like you know, right. in that pocket of the world, it's not you know particular <laughs> to me. But um, you have shared a special relationship with the late producer Jay Dilla, and that uh, really, I guess, was like a special had had to be one of the most special moments and times in your life. So, can you shed some light on how you guys met up and what he was like? And, and I, it's all coming from you know my interview, my time listening to your interviews because. You said something really great. You were like, you know, well, just imagine, you know, one of your homies just makes the most amazing stuff that you would ever hear. There it is. You know, <laughs> I love that answer. So it's that <laughs> fucking simple, yo. It's that simple. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I, and I understand. I understand, like, the whole deification. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, it's ridiculous sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what was it like to... Like motherfuckers' eyes get wide, like they get so wide they take up like half of their skull. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. what was it like to breathe the same air? As <laughs> then they'd be like, as James DeWitt Yancey. Right, right. right. Like, bro, he made dope ass beats, man. Like, chill out. Like, <laughs> chill out. He was a person. Right, right. He was a motherfucker from the east side that was cool as fuck. Sometimes he could be a fucking asshole. Most of the time, he's cool. And his beats are fucking shitting on everybody. Everybody. He was the best. But as, he was a regular ass person, you know? <laughs> he, liked to eat, he liked to eat fried shrimp. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, a, a lot of us have like those like sort of hero. I think you could probably relate. Like a lot of people. And we sort of touched on this earlier, <laughs> which is, I think, an interesting point. I, I just was thinking about it today where you have, it's interesting how your heroes to you change over time. Not just not just your perception of them, but them in general. Yeah. You know, that person, when we don't ascribe enough, um, even room for our own parents to change. We feel like at age 40, that our parents should be the same exact way that they were when we were age seven. Right. Going, everyone's going through a maturation process, but you know, to some and to many, really, Dilla's like, you know, including myself, just I just never heard anything like that to this day, probably won't ever, but never heard anything like what I heard. And uh, I was in university hall at Mockley State University. I was supposed to be working on a project. I stopped, I spent the rest of my day listening to Dilla stuff until I, and I just kept coming over stuff. And you don't know whether you're really, you know, finding true genuine stuff on YouTube. Like, is this really him or did someone layer it with something? But you know, it's been a lot of fuckery. It'd be fun, man. Like motherfuckers will put up like funny ass Frankenstein ass beat tapes, act like it's new shit, and then it'll be like someone you already, else. You already yeah, have it. someone else was beat in there for some reason. Like one right. or two beats toward the end. Like it's like, right. what the fuck are y'all doing, man? <laughs> I hate I hate a lot of these Dylan motherfuckers, man. It's it's disturbing because I, I I've been harping on it a lot this month. Yeah. Y'all need to start saying. I heard or I read 
before you be because cats be trying to come up with like new facts and new pictures like new beats and all this weirdo shit right. y'all need to deal a picture ain't nobody seen it's weird man like listen yeah. what the fuck does that have to do with these beats right <laughs> i've never seen some shit where i mean i'm sure it happens all the time but just when you're a fan it just kind of mutates into some other shit where it's like it's like show off day it's like who's got the Yo, I got this one, and and right. it's just weirdo shit, man. Um, yeah, everybody was fronting. Motherfuckers trying to create a whole new facade off of this shit, and everybody was fronting. Right. I've been saying that all week too. Like none of y'all believe me. Right. No, I've seen. I've I've, I've seen a lot of the posts on your. None of y'all believe me. Yeah, yeah. But your time with him, when did you guys like, you know, collide, collide, or end up like meeting up? I met him in 94 at Street Corner at the record shop. <coughs> uh, smoked a joint in his car after work. He played some beats. The shit was crazy. Shit was crazy. It was like hearing, you know, hip hop shit for the first time. Right. Say it all the time. It's like a reset button. Um, and he's from my city and he's got like the illest shit and it keeps getting better. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Every time it's just a little bit better than it was last time. Uh, and I had the platform. So I was the legs. Like he made, he made the records and I was the legs. I crammed that shit down everybody's fucking throat. <laughs> Out of town homies came through dubbing fantastic one for him. You know what I mean? I planted them seeds. Like amazing you know, album, amazing. Seattle, album. Toronto shit. Like amazing. You know, Jake One and Moss will come to the crib, digging digging sessions, attic, and they would sleep on the fucking floor. And I remember I played them that slump shit, and they lost their fucking mind. Wow. Ninety nine point nine percent. No, ninety eight point six. Ninety eight point six percent of people that I've ever played, like those moments, you know what I mean? Motherfuckers usually ain't fronting. They're usually like, God damn, this shit is crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a couple of weirdos out there though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's uh, definitely was a strange sound to my ears, but I never could pinpoint why it was so different, you know, because I had spent much time in the field, you know, <clears throat> kind of like move around to like whatever you feel is, is good for you, whatever sort of touches you in some way, some levels of your subconscious, whatever, um, whatever you were listening to while you were in the womb, who knows, but a uh, combination of those things. But when I listened to when I listened to him, it really changed how I thought about really the process of like, what, what did, what did it take to, to make that sound? Is it, a, is it an easy thing? Is it a hard thing? And then obviously over time, I educated myself, you know, looking at, you know, not just like Facebook group discussions and whatnot, but literally like listening to artists like yourself, you know, really be able to, because of the fact that you can speak plainly about it means you understand it on a level that's beyond me. Um, so it's. He's, one, he's a one-on-one, man. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No one else. That's, I think the, the most kind of succinct way I can put it is nobody else could translate records like he could. Wow. You know what I mean? Like he was a translator and the and the records are, it's just a foreign language. Right. And he could take any any bits of that language and write a story. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's the craziest shit you ever heard and he could do it in like 15 minutes. 
You said that. You said you were yeah, down. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, man. Like, it's really ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Like, why do you think he was so cocky? Wouldn't you be that cocky, too? If you uh, uh, were making that shit in, like, 19 minutes? Right. Well, you said, I, I, I also, I did a lot of research, and I, I, I came across one interview, I remember, where you were like, you know, what can you do in 15 minutes? Like, he was already done. And yeah. moving on to the next thing. And then there was another part, like, layering this, like, kind of mastery discussion, right, where he was actually, which I'm fascinated with this part, where he, I think he was making, if I'm not mistaken, a beat for, I believe, a Tribe Called Quest, Q-tip, and he was getting upset because it took oh, yeah. him longer than 10 minutes to get it done. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, like, to get a whole joint. Insane. In 10 yeah. minutes. Like, it, you could find your sample probably in 10 minutes. You know, not... Maybe not, maybe not, not though. Maybe not even 10 minutes. Not and maybe not even ten minutes. Not even ten minutes. It's it's uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me, really. Um, I think the the biggest thing I took. And I also listened to interviews with his mother. Many many of those interviews. I actually had the I had the privilege of going to see uh, his MPC thousand in uh, the Moog in the African American Museum this past summer. I took my family and we all went. And I said I have to stop here. Like I said, whatever we do, I don't care what you do in this museum. Right. We'll, start, we'll start at the bottom. I need to make it to the music pop, that music spot for many reasons. I said, but the one yeah. in my mind, just keeping it real. I said, I gotta get in front of that NPC. And it got <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I had to. I was like, and this is something he bought. This is a tool. So for the fact that someone requested that, you know, it be in a museum is just. It's beyond me. It says more than really what words can express, right? Yeah, I mean, better late than never. Yeah. I'm glad there somebody there was of the mind to make that happen because if you shit like that don't happen. Right. Because right. he was a secret still for the most part. Motherfuckers still don't know who the fuck JD is. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how, man. That's crazy. Like <laughs> average person on the street, like you ever heard of Jay Dilla, they'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. And it's not that he's slept on or underrated. It's just people are fucking stupid and simple. Yeah. Humans are simple creatures. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, we always have this shit. We get upset that everybody ain't hip. Fuck it. Let them let them sleep. Let it rock. Let let it sleep, rock. man. Yeah. You losing sleep. <laughs> Worrying about <laughs> people in sleep. You right. know what I mean? Right. He, um, oh, it, it was cool to it was cool to like just to be there. And I took like a few minutes to like I took a while to sort of process like sort of like seeing like almost like Yoda kind of coming in on like a hologram call with like the the Jedi Council. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I wonder, like just trying to envision him sitting in front of you know an instrument that was so profound. Like I mean, you got Pete Rock's SP twelve hundred. And you've got the MP, these, those, like, these are the ones like that I know about the MPC 3000 that are like, like those are the tools. And it's just crazy that he took, was able to translate so many albums that were unknown, he, much like yourself, like you put, how you say you put everybody on and you do, it's like JD took from so many different places and corners okay. of music where people weren't getting their props. And all of a sudden now we're hearing and in a very different way, not as not he never duplicated the same sound. It was like all and I've listened to many of his interviews. He was like, I'm about 
I hear something, I get inspired to make something, but not like what I just heard. Yeah. You know, like just to yeah. go down in the basement and, you know, call Pete Rock and say, yo, what are you up to? And Cass, Cass is working around the clock. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it, it's, it's just a fascinating process. Is it when you were, I guess, working with him, what was that? Can you describe what that process was like for him? Like, was he verbal about it? Was he sort of like? Well, no, I would just go over there. Like I said, I was the legs. I was I was not the DJ I got for you. like JD or Slum Village, but I was the DJ for Detroit. Right. So I would go over there and chill. I post up, and he's playing shit. He's making me a tape. He would make me these tapes to play at the club. I bring the tape deck down to the club on a Friday night. You're hearing shit months ahead. Right. Super exclusive shit. Playing shit the day they recorded it. You know what I mean? Playing players the day they recorded it on a tape, on an Ampex 20-minute master cassette. Listening to where he pulled that from, too. Like, I, it's, it's still one of my favorite man, tracks. Silly the alien, man. It's fucking unbelievable. And I'm like, and I told my father, I was like, listen to this. I put it in my father's ears. You know, he's more into the rock, rock and roll kind of scene. Yeah. I was like, all right. I said, listen to this. And he was like, you know, which is the sample, right, of you know, where he was getting it from. And I was like, all right. I said, now, listen to this. And he just like, he was like, yo, what, what is that? That's the first thing he asked me. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, how did he, uh, how did he do that? I was like. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm spending all this time, you know, my, my free time when I'm not doing X, Y, Z, trying to figure it out. And, you know, there have been breakdowns on, you know, uh, Fuse and uh, the Vox and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, right. I think that stuff only, if you could correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it only touches the surface. Oh, man. Of the process. I think it only touches Oh, you've been fucking dead for 16 years. Yeah. 16 years. Yeah. Nobody caught up, and we're still hearing shit that we ain't fucking heard before, man. <laughs> That's crazy. That is years crazy. later, heat. We're hearing heat, and it's not like them joints are sixteen years old, right? The joints is like twenty five years old, right? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Twenty three years old. That is nuts. Like, and it's it's always you know knock on wood, and if it all runs out. Fuck, we got a lot of music to listen to. So be it. Is there really a lot of that stuff? I mean, just trying to, it's just really even my for my exploration. Like, is is there really that much of an as the anthology of his music that expansive? Because we're all we well, all the fucked up thing is it's not that expansive, yeah. but it's a lot of music. A lot of music. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It's not like Matt, like I got thousands and thousands of Mad Lib beats. Right. right. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe, we might have a thousand, I might have like a thousand JD beats. A thousand? A thousand. Might have a thousand. Wow. And you're talking like... I'm not talking about just everything. I'm not talking about like beat tape beats. I'm talking about thousand different beats. Period. Whether it be Buster shit, Common, beat tapes. That's that. You know what I mean? Insane, man. A lot of fucking music, man. It's wow. a lot of me. I think it's like 38 gigs. 38 gigs, man. Florida might be about 38 gigs. That's like half a standard iPhone memory practice. <laughs> you know, like that's 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 pretty nuts, man. And yeah, I just handed that shit off to Frank. So Frank got everything. So my hands I'm showing the world now, like right. 
Oh. My hands are clean. Right. Frank got all that shit. Right. All that rah-rah shit. Right. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride, but we all good, man. Read the well, book. It, 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 the, an interesting part I, I found in one of the interviews you did is probably with it might have been for Blade 147 was you guys almost t- you and JD almost tussled, which I thought I was like, what? So I'd ask you about sports, but you said, you know, you guys are going to roll up, roll in the grass for a little while over some records and, yeah, um, you know, but you guys like squashed it and figured it out. Um, and yeah. I, was I mean, eventually. Yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. It's in the book, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is in the book, y'all. If y'all really fuck with Dilla. Dan Charnas, Dilla Times. This is a document, man. Like, bless that man. The work he put in, that shit is it's very, very thorough. Beautiful. Yeah, you know. It was, here's how powerful the book was to me, because I love to read. I read all the time. Um, and I can't get enough of the reading. It's, when I first heard about the book, I, I immediately sent, you know, it was like sort of, you know, on this weird Facebook group somewhere where they're like, you know, Jay Dillard lives forever or something like that. And I came across it and I was like, all right, this is coming out February 1st. So I shot my sister a text. I said, be on the lookout for this book. You probably want to pre-order it. I actually haven't even gotten it. I call every bookstore the day after, the day after it comes out. And it's on back order everywhere. Yeah. Can't find it. I call one bookstore. I was like, yo, if you even look at this book, call me first. I will stop teaching to come grab this book from you because I want to read about the process of what this man went through to make all this prolific music. <laughs> me and you were talking about right now, you know, like you said, 16 years later. Um, so yeah, they're all gone. That first batch is all gone. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Number four, New York times bestseller. Wow. Yes. I saw that. I saw a shout out to Dan Charnas. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, what I'm sure is an amazing, uh, amazing piece. I've heard. Some- Audio book is fire too, man. That's you can listen to that shit while you copy. You know, Gotcha. Yeah, I just I feel like when I get that thing in my hands, I'll I'll sit right here, uh, sort of in my school by myself and just, <coughs> just run through it. Um, yeah, spend, I read that shit in like two days. Yeah, and spend your time. And are you obviously he makes mention of your time with JD? Was there any part of that book, Dilla Time, that you were like? Was did you have like a favorite part? Oh man, yeah, but I don't want to say it. It's it's a spoiler because it's kind it. of like right okay. towards the end of we'll it. We'll let some more time pass before we we get yeah. there. We'll, we'll let some more readers get in on the uh the, the batches, but they will be releasing. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say this. This is I can only say it as a hint. Yeah. Uh, my son's name is mentioned in the book, and the con in in the context and the way that he said my son's name in that book. Like that shit. Fuck. When he he did a re- he did a, some readings to me before they dropped it. He did readings with a lot of people just to run shit by and double check. Yeah. And like when he read that segment to me, man, I got my face got wet. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was very serious. I was like, man, his pen is. He has a very special. Yeah, his pen is very special, man. And, th- and that was just so extra, super personal. It was some shit that I would have never thought would have been involved in uh, in the tale. You know what I mean? Right. That's huge. Huge. Yeah, but to give my son relevance when my son is named after 
Right. My son's named after Dylan Proof. My son's name is James Deshaun Buchanan. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is heavy, yo. <laughs> that, that, that is heavy. That is heavy. That's that. Is, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I mean, as a father, I, I could understand. You know, it's like sort of, you know, being any way involved. You know, with not just their excellence, but you know, for them to have that connection to your history too, and right. so, in such a way is, uh, I guess it's really we can't even really put it into words. <laughs> we really can't. But that's but that's dope though. Um, but there's definitely going to be more copies of that book coming out. Hopefully, I, I got. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I called like three or four stores. Like, yo, whoever calls me, <laughs> that's where I'm going to go pick up. Yeah, um, be careful for the bootleggers. Dan was telling me there's people that like, oh, it's terrible. People are getting ripped off. Yeah, they yeah. just take the cover and it's like thirty. It'll be like a thirty-page booklet about some other shit that they just put. I heard about that. I heard something about that as well. Well, you know, everyone's trying to do what they can in these times. Um, Get money. Just be careful. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely will. So, favorite uh, JD album, favorite JD album, favorite track, or favorite. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit. Welcome to Detroit. Gotcha. Absolutely, by by and far, like unquestionable. What resonates with you about that album in particular? Is it more the? Is it is it just the production end, or is it you know the lyrics and tandem? Uh, it was his. I mean, just in my opinion, it's his best piece. Uh, it was his introduction and it was just fucking the most, man, it was just the most perfect record. Right. Not detracting. It's fucked up in this era. You can't, when you compliment something, people take it as an insult because they take it as you saying that something else isn't as good as it is. Correct. It's like, shut your motherfucking mouth, dog. Like, you ask, you know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. The other epiphany I had recently was, you know, we're all just talking about opinions at the end of the day. So right. we just have to learn to stop saying the best and start saying our favorite. There is that, too. That's a good way of looking at it. For sure. You know what I mean? Well, we have all those you've been part of. Well, I'm sure you've shut down a lot of those like goat conversations and, you know, this person is this and this person. Like even Michael Jordan, when you when you I, I pointed this out to <clears throat> a few of my students. It's like, if you really, if you've done some of your research, because, you know, Jordan played at a time where I was still young. If you go back and look at a lot of those interviews, he doesn't ever talk about himself as being the best of all time, ever. Right. He's like, I don't even know if you can compare eras. I know this guy was great. I know I took my game from him. Very humble. Um, yeah. You know, but like, he was always trying to get better. So you can't think of yourself as the best. Correct. If- you that's, that's when it's over you have to continue to evolve right like and is it yeah. is it the same thing and my question now is that it's the same thing in music is there like because you guys are artists and there's a select few of you that are special places and do really special things like what you what you do with your music dog really like fantastic like i i was listening to you all of last week um heavy and i was like yo this guy this guy makes it some great stuff like it's not it's it's not even comparing you to any. I could listen to you without comparing you to anyone. If that makes sense, like, right? Just listening to you for the sake of listening to you, and I don't know what your musical process is like, but I would like to know, like, what goes into making a beat, even if it's just basics, 
how you do things and maybe even what, if you could speak a little bit to what makes you different in terms of how your relationship with music and how you can pull whatever you need when you, when you DJ, when you sample. Uh, <clears throat> well, just for clarity and transparency, I haven't made a, I haven't made a beat proper in about probably 13 years. Gotcha. Since I had children. Gotcha. Um, when I did make beats, it would be in periods. Like I was never a wake up, you know, all the way coffee through. and cereal and get to the studio. Like, nah, man. I never gave a fuck about any of that shit. <laughs> I just like making beats. Right. I like making beats when I felt like it. You know what I mean? Some, you know, I it would I make beats for a few months, then I wouldn't make beats for like six months. Right. And I make beats for like six months. I wouldn't make beats for like a year. Then I make beats for like six months. I wouldn't make beats for like six. You know what I mean? It was never. Gotcha. Periodic. I don't have crazy catalog. All the shit I ever made is fucking two shoeboxes of floppies and a stack of zips, maybe like 10 zip discs. Wow. You know what I mean? But if I didn't like the shit, I turned it off. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I was never into, uh, like contemporary relevance. I was trying to make heat, you know what I mean? Like, and even then people talk about like looking down, did you ever like have a plan on, even with that, I wasn't trying to make timeless music. Just trying to make some shit that was really fucking good. Right. You know what I mean? To your I like, this shit's gonna last forever, dog. You know what to, I mean? And, and to your own ear, making music just so like for your- All for me, like, man. All for you. All for me. An internal In the first place, it's for me. I have a really good ear for music. Right. <clears throat> I'm a very good judge. <clears throat> the honesty comes into play, too. Right. Can't lie to me. My ears don't lie to me. It don't matter who shit it is. You right. do blind taste tests, all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, just me. And then after that, if someone else likes it, that's cool. But I ain't trying to make some shit that I don't primarily like for anybody else. Right, right, right. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. Gotcha. And then just, I guess, is it like a a process where, like, you know... Super casual, bro. Yeah, super casual. But it's gonna be, it's gonna, this could be devastating when I tell you how casual it is. It doesn't, so, it doesn't seem like it, you know what I mean? From the outside. Oh, no. Fucking have something to drink. Roll up some blunts. You know what I mean? Go. Go through some records. Wow. And then... Oh, wait a minute. What's that? Yeah. And if you find the drums first, you chop the motherfuckers up. And you start looking for the samples. Oh, there's that. Then, you know. Start going. Wheels just start turning. Sometimes your hands just start moving by themselves. You know what I mean? Right. Muscle memory. That's crazy. Have you put in, there's a, there's a, a theory uh, to mastery. Uh, I, I really fond of this author, Robert Green, who's written. Uh, oh, what, 10,000? Forty-eight laws of power. Yep, in ten thousand hours. Oh, yeah. Are you uh, where are you on your ten on the ten thousand hour scale? Are you way beyond? Are you right? I'm probably at about like eighteen, twenty. Wow. wow, you know what I mean. So you can sit there blindfolded and just boom, 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 and and walk up and get out. Yeah, yeah. you had to yeah. make a beat to shake to yeah, save I'm your not, life in ten minutes. You could do it. <laughs> I'm still, you know, the the new era. Uh, this new grimy rap shit is mostly loops. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So when I say I haven't made a beat, I mean I haven't made a proper turn that motherfucker on. Right. You know what I mean? I make loopers. I do some loopers. You know what I mean? I got a small little catalog of of joints with right. artists right. from the last decade from just, you know, I'll just be listening to records at the crib and I'll, oh, wait a minute, pull it back, put it in Serato, loop that motherfucker up, record it for three minutes. He would be great on that. Send it off. Bang. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Super casual. <laughs> Super casual, bro. Like, for real. And I yeah, think, man. And I think I guess that speaks to, I don't know if you consider yourself a master of your craft, but it sounds like if you're able to describe it that way. Oh, I think I, I mean, I think I can. You must be. There's not really too many. What I'm trying to figure out is how I can monetize because I can get anybody's shit together. Right. Two minutes. Right. What you doing? What do you need done? Okay, bang, 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 bang. You're oh. done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've been getting motherfucking shit together for years. Right. For years. Right. Straight up. Like, a life coach. Right. Personal, business, especially music related. Yeah, it's just easy. It's light bulb, like, light bulb dealer. I get really good ideas. And I just, I, give them, I hand them out to people. Because what else am I going to do? <laughs> that is true. You know what I mean? Like, that is true. Yeah, for sure. That. For sure. You're helping other people get better. That's the whole point. That's the whole point with the record label. You know what I mean? With playing music that, you know, the majority of the music that I play, you haven't heard it. Unless you're like a really, really deep head, real heady person. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, man. Everybody else listens to all the same shit. Some of that shit is cool, but it's so much other heat. Right. So much heat out here. It's crazy. And Street Corners Music, from what I from what I read, you guys still are one of the few uh, record labels that still press music to vinyl. Is that is that true? No, I mean, there's there's definitely been an incredible uh, rise in vinyl production. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It takes like ten months to get a record press now. It used to take three. It's awful. Uh, but yeah, man, it's personal, man. In that way, it's casual as well. You know, it's very personal. I don't, oh, this record would do good. With, like, everybody's going to like this. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. If it makes me feel some kind of way. Right. And you would. I have a very highly critical ear. Make me feel really good. It's going to make a lot of people feel really good. 100%. You know 100%. We're just going to put it on a piece of plastic. And if they get it, they get it. And if they don't, they will eventually. Yeah, yeah. Did you use? You know did you used to do? Um, I saw. I found a picture of you and a, a younger version of you with uh, with Dilla too, and you had your, which is one of my favorite pictures, where you just have your, your earphones on and you like like vibing off one side, <laughs> like what's in the earphone, and then he's oh, on. Oh no, that was uh, that was from we had a week, we had a monthly. Was it a monthly or a weekly? No, it was a weekly. Yeah. Uh, stunts. It was at this spot on Cass Avenue. Uh, called Alvin's and it was me, JD and DJ Head who was M's DJ we had a weekly it was ridiculous people don't understand what how much of an asshole this dude JD was man like he he could do it all so well it was frustrating like he was doing there's this really crazy DJ cash money routine from back in the day where he did like a juggle of uh, this group home joint called The Realness Right, murdered, 
Like it's a crazy routine, super intricate juggle. You know what I mean? A couple of different patterns come in. Right. Motherfucker Jay did that shit at the club one night. Wow. Yeah. Like the illest DJ, you know, like juggle routine of that moment. Oh, he can do that too. I got y'all on these beats. I got y'all on these raps. I'm gonna whoop y'all ass on these tables real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like we were all like, man, we were tripping that night. I can't remember a lot of things, but I can't remember a lot of that night. I just remember being like, man, are you fucking kidding me? Though? Right, right. Like, what the fuck, man? You got to be bad at something. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you put in what you measure at 18,000 hours and and focused hours at that, right? Because that's what matters, like intent, Days. intent Days. hours. Katie's beyond that. Yeah. Beyond that. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's almost like it's the only thing you ever did, in a sense, right? When you kind of like, oh. you know. Like, I mean, I, yeah, when you see the videos, when he got Band-Aids on his fingers and shit, what do you think the Band-Aids is from? It's from him from fucking... Hitting the, hitting the pads. Hitting the pads. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Holy cow. It's, it's crazy. Dedicated. I, I, I saw the basement. He's a master, but like continually dedicated to elevating his craft. You know what I mean? Where do you think that comes One from? One thing to master it and be like, okay, I got this. Right. And, and another yeah. thing to be like, I mastered it. You ain't shit though. Watch this. You right. know what I mean? And then to do that again in maybe eight months. And then like seven, eight months after that. Right. Just keep right. continuing to bop, 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 bop. Like, oh, you thought I was the best? <laughs> Watch this, homie. Holy cow. Just Crazy. Blow, just blow your mind out the way. Not having a front seat to that shit was ridiculous, man. Like each tape shitted on the last one, and the last one shitted on like everything that existed at that moment. Insane. And we're talking 90s here. Like 90s into 1995, 96, 97, 98, 99. You know what I mean? Like it was a great era of music. Like, I mean, of the music that was at least popular. Or surface level, it was like under like I still be still I still talk about it with my friends now. Like you remember those times in night, like, yeah. you know. And I was born late eighties, but you know I lived through the nineties. You know, like really grew up during the nineties, and you know it was amazing. I mean, like, amazing music that I can't get out of my head now. So right. the fact that if the fact what you're saying, him being, you know, basically in twenty twenty two back then, it's pretty crazy. Like that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense to the person, average person, you know, hearing that to be so far ahead of the time. And you got I guess you get those great ones, right? Like, yeah, I mean, also, though, I mean, the music don't make sense to the average person. Correct. 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 Especially now more than ever, because. Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be the old man on the lawn, but (laughs) a lot of of really, really dope shit out these days. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of funny shit. It's just the it's just the simplicity of it. Like, it's okay to think sometimes while you're listening to music. And I'm not saying you got to have a fucking masterclass every time you put on a fucking joint. Right. But goddamn, they just it just seems like they're getting motherfuckers used to not thinking as much as they as much as possible. What? Why do you think that is though? If you go I deeper, mean, we all know what that is. That's just control issues and all that shit. You know what I mean? That's gotcha. the big, all that crazy shit. You know what I mean? Got you. We don't need to go off on all that, but that's that's easily understood. Just 
the dumber they keep you, the easily, con the more controllable you are. You know understood. what I mean? Understood. Understood. So in a, in a sense, you're like living a, a really, a really raw, unrestricted space with your music. Like you have like full control over what you're doing and what you're putting out and what 100 percent and your time, right? Like in your time, which is, you know, obviously with kids, it makes it harder to do a lot of things. But, um, you know, when you sit down and, you know, and I've heard those industry talks, I don't know much about the music industry in terms of the, the depth and the volume of what's there, but um, it seems like it can be very, like, uh, very treacherous in a sense. No, it's just, it's not about music. It's about business. And yes. I, just, I just have no desire. I just seen so many of the homies, like, noses open up and it's kind of over for them after that. Yeah. Just creatively because you lose some magic. Right. You lose innocence because you're chasing. You're trying to get into that shit as opposed to just being dope and well, just let right. it fucking happen, man. Or do it right. your fucking self. Right. Like, that, machine is, that machine is disgusting, man. And that, and that process is hard though, right? Like to like to like talk about that process of like, all right, you see the industry and you you seem like you've had a, like a good eye on it, like you could sort of have that um, that intuition, right? To like, uh, it doesn't seem like a good direction to go. I'm gonna do this, but talk about how difficult it is and and what the success rate of a person who's trying to make it on their own in the music industry is really like in the in the martial arts world i teach in my garage right now and i renovated this place out um just to keep it make it short and quick but you know i was coming from a school that you know i shut down um uh, during COVID, and i feel like again part of this conversation with you is inspired by what i do um just sort of off on different tangents but I feel like I'm as dedicated as I, as I ever could be to something. Um, obviously, you know, my kids, you know, my family, but to this, to martial arts, it's like I breathe it. So the, I hear, I can feel what you're talking about <laughs> music through what I do. Um, right. And it's, and it's, and it's dope. The fact that we're even here having this conversation, um, being in two different sort of disciplines, if you will. Um, but it's difficult when you're on your own, yeah. Like to to try to come up and and rise to the ranks. Are you are you realistically trying? To Once again, like, what ranks are we rising through? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I mean. Like, it you. It's not. A, there's no competition. Right. I'm not playing a game. I'm not. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like I'm. I'm building my own shit. They yeah. ain't gonna realize for years. Right. And I'm completely fine with that. You know right. what I mean? Right. Building some shit that's going to last when I'm gone. And it's right. just, you know, I don't really know what you want to call it. A fucking museum? Fine arts? I mean, you know I mean, what I mean? The album's back there. I'm looking at now. I'm moving left and right. Just trying to, like, this stuff. I can't imagine what you got back there, man. I mean. Oh, that's, easy. that's just a deal of shit. I'm looking at my Street Corner catalog records over here on this wall. I'm like. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and like, no, it's just easy, man. Like I, this is, this is what I was put on the planet for. Like, it's just too easy. Like my ears are too good, and it's just too easy for me to put a record together and love it. Fuck it. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It ain't celebrations. It ain't like fun and games. It's the work. Right. And and you love and you 
and you're you got your hands deep into the work. Are you still obsessed with it? And as in I love it, man. I like giving motherfuckers their first record. Wow. I like I like giving kids their first record, or they could be adults. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. But I like you know I like the innocence of that. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Um. Yeah, I mean we're eighty records in. I got ten records in manufacturing right now. It's ridiculous, man. It's a lot of, a lot of really exciting things. Jametta Rose. Yes. Uh, the first, the first uh, releases on the record label was a series called The Gift. Yes. <laughs> and it was all a bunch of beat tapes that I kind of handcrafted. I don't put out. Uh, you can't send me a record and be like, "You want to put this out?" <laughs> uh, I'm selfish as fuck, yo. You know what I mean? Like real shit. It's like, hey man, give me all your beats. Right. All of them. I mean, send me, send me 200 beats, at least a hundred. They send the beats. They go through a hundred beats in maybe 30 minutes. Wow. Now we got 20 beats. All right the most enjoyable part of the process is sequencing the album, gotcha. like figuring out, carving the path out. You know what I mean? That shit is right. fantastic. Right. Cause I always hear music, uh, as far as building records, it's either something at the beginning, something in the middle or something at the end. So I get the 20 joints. I go through them like, you know, BME right next to them. Right. Then we, Shuffle them around, then we then off one of the songs, titles of it. You know what I mean? I usually get a light bulb for an image for the cover. Right. I'm not a graphic designer, but the majority of the covers on the label are just very, very specifically uh, executed from my my vision. You know gotcha. what I mean? Gotcha. Got hands on all this shit, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the Jametta Rose album uh, is. We've been working on it for eight years. It's fucking ridiculous. A labor of love. <laughs> uh, and a definite learning experience. And it's kind of just why I like doing beat records. You know what I mean? Because you don't have to worry about all that post-production. And with the beats, just give me the beats. I'm kind of really focused on the moment of uh, creation. Right. I want you to take that shit and buffer it and clean it up and all that. I want to hear how it was when you made it. So that's what the gift series was like. You know what yeah, I mean? Gotcha. And we recorded a, we picked a song off of each volume and she wrote and did a song for a couple of them. She picked two. It's like 13 songs total. Right. And it was so fucking good. It was incredible. But I learned how difficult it is to properly mix and master a record when all you have for the beats is like a shitty stereo two track. <laughs> no stems. I mean, sometimes MP3 is not even weights. Right. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And it went through like four or five engineers. Nobody could find that balance because you got 30 plus vocal tracks right. that you're trying to balance where you can't manipulate the stereo two track at all. If you have the stems, you can balance it all out. You know what I mean? Right. Super, super learning experience. We had given up on the fucking record for the most part. Like, fuck, it's just not ever going to be there. 
And then I remember my homie Magnetic uh, that worked at the disc on the east side when I recorded uh, the Elzai Out of Focus EP. Yes. You know what I mean? He owns that studio now. <laughs> and he's still, you know, on site weekly working on shit. And if anybody had uh, experience in working with just awful quality audio files, it was my man who works at the fucking number one, like, rap studio on the east side of Detroit for 20 years. Wow. And I was like, fuck, I'll send that shit to Mags. Send it to him. And he got that shit right. And it's fucking coming out in two weeks. And it's unbelievable. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. It's crazy. It's like postpartum. <laughs> it's a labor it's of love, like you said. Really right? fucking good. We're dropping the pre-order tomorrow at noon uh, on the website. Uh, th- this is going to be posted after, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. The, the album comes out February 22nd. Uh, streetcornerscm.com, limited vinyl. Streetcornermusic.bandcamp.com. <clears throat> then we got uh, the soundtrack flips volume one just dropped recently. That shit is, oh my god, that shit will give any producer nightmares for the rest of his life. What else we got coming? We got uh... oh, we got my man Quelle Chris. Uh, his his first album, Shotgun Sleek Rifle, ten year anniversary. Never been on vinyl. Super honored to drop. It's the homie shit, but I got a couple joints on there and rocks on one of them. Beautiful, Rock Marcy. It's fucking famous. It's a really good album. Uh, Mike and Key's album, uh, Formula One. That's going to be coming probably like May. Victory Lap, Mike and Keys. They produced the whole Victory Lap album for Nipsey. Once again, had him give me like 150 beats. And then... <laughs> no, that shit is crazy. That shit is... That's so cool, man. It's super serious, man. Like, it's... Woo. I, I, after Nipsey passed, we linked up, and I went to the studio, and they had me sit in the fucking chair that Nipsey sits in. And he looks at me, and he goes... We want to do an instrumental record on Street Corner Music. Wow. Yeah. I'm like, well, guess what the fuck we about to do then? <laughs> right now. Right now. Yo, that shit was super wild, though. Super left field out the blue. You know what I mean? Like, And them kids are so ridiculously talented. Like, oh, we. They actually just dropped uh, an instrumental record for Warner. Uh, Friday Beautiful. this past Friday but it's a little bit more contemporary the next one is I got you it'll go back to doing what you're doing all about twos and shit you know I'm, what I mean I'm about to use my hands like that this week <laughs> As the, and then, the and then fucking Stroh's got a, a James Brown remix album coming out did you hear about that I did not hear about that I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of the stuff you said I kind of I got bits and pieces from just from looking in the internet, but not that. Yeah, so I got him a, I got him an official James Brown remix album on Universal, like officially sanctioned, and it was that was a crazy drawn out process too. But that shit comes out uh, next Friday, this coming Friday. Holy cow, man! 
you guys got a lot going on, like for real, for real. Like it's I'm playing catch up, man. Cause last year, you know, the first year and a half of this shit, I was not doing anything. Right. So was that hard up a lot of time? Was that hard creatively for you? Like to just to I mean, because I kind of did the same thing at the very beginning, like just kind of hit that funk where I was like, well, everybody else isn't doing and I'm not a guy like that. I'm not looking to go off of what other people do. I do my own thing. Right. 99.9% of the time. And it was it was hard to be it was hard to be in to you had to kind of find I felt like your own, you had to inspire yourself like at the very beginning of, of 2020. Like other and if you didn't do it, you couldn't wait on somebody else to do it because you know, I teach that, you know, you can't sit here. You can you can get inspired by what I get inspired by what I say. I go see Jackie Chan do something, I don't go do exactly what I saw. Mind you, right. I can do what Jackie Chan does. But I know I can pay that same mindfulness to the details in my craft. I just pull that energy out and extrapolate. And I feel like a lot of people who were creative had to really dig down and identify whether they were truly creative at the beginning of all this. Because if you were, you kind of just found a way to get it done. Um, and you know, some people, I guess, stopped, you know, like kind of put a full stop on it, but then they got better. Like, man, I had to get on Twitch, man. Like, I was like, man, I got to play some fucking records. Yo, man. I follow you on Twitch, man. I was trying to find, the, I was trying to find stuff. And I was like, I heard uh -huh. JD playing some rare JD. I was like, I was at work, like, hold on a second. Like, that's my happy place now, man. That's my fucking. Yeah, Sunday nights and Tuesday nights, it's like the night before Christmas. I'd be like, tomorrow. You do your thing on them, man. I got I to gotta give it to you. You do your thing, and it's like, it, it feels like you're having fun while you're playing the music. Like, just the order of the music, so to speak. Again, I'm not musically, you know, uh, a very, I'm not very specific and detailed about the music, but I know what I like, and I know what I don't. Very, like, hard stop. And yeah, I, I know. Like, I know when someone enjoys doing what they're doing, and I can. I can know. I, I got people. I've been teaching for a long time. I know when cats are sitting in the class, like thinking about dinner or going home, or you know, yeah, like, right, I, right. And I know who's there, who's like. Because the hardest part, right, is to like even getting into the creative process. I feel you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is like leaving whatever just happened to you before you sat down back there. Because you can't dig into what you're doing if you're just right. if you're on operating on that level, and I feel like again that's like I do martial arts, you do music, but they are so parallel, you know, yeah. how to get into the meat and the potatoes of of kind of like the creative process, man. Um, yeah, man. It's 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 really fascinating to me. Um, is there any person in particular that you collaborated with in your time that? You were like, whoa, I can't. I mean, you don't, you don't strike me as a starstruck person. Like, you'd be like, yeah, you know, if you think JD's like a regular guy, I'm like, you know, he must not be starstruck too often. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Uh, like, is there someone in particular? Pete Rock, maybe. Well, who's that one? Another one of my favorites. I would put Pete Rock in my, like, in my, you know, top. When I first met Pete, it was like, of course, of course. Pete, Pete, Pete. Pete man. Um, when I met Primo the first time. But as far as like working. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, I was never over Jay's crib playing the beats. I was never over there for that. I was never over there trying to, you know, I was I was over there like this. What you got for me, bro? 
<laughs> you got it for me, dog. Right. Love it. Like you hear, you know what? He don't want to listen to this shit. You know what I mean? You hear what he just made? Right. You hear that beat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when like he hit me for the MCA album, he was like, "Hey man, like bring me a tape." I'm like, "Fuck, for real." <laughs> And then to have the beat that he picked have been the it's the last beat on the tape. That's pretty crazy. That was fucking so stressful. You know what I mean? That's pretty crazy. But then if he picked one, you know, he was like, come to the studio, dump it tomorrow. You get a check this week from Universal. First half, you get the second half when the album comes out. Album never came out. Right. Um, but I got one, so I knew I can get another one. Correct, correct, correct. I went to the crib and I worked for like the whole week. You know what I mean? That mentality, man. That mentality for sure. I had to, I got this one and I knew he was gonna fuck with it. Right. Went over there, press play. Come and drop that shit tomorrow. Get another check. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. And do, yeah. and doing what you love to do, right? Like just straight doing. Yeah, what man. You love to do straight up, like just organic, like. You know, you, know, no. some, you know what's some bullshit, though, is when they say, uh, how, how, how do they word it? Uh, if, you, if you do what you love, you don't have to work a day for the rest of your life. That's not true. That Confucius, they said Confucius said that. I'm like, that's not true. Confucius <laughs> is a fucking piece of shit, man. That's a lie. <laughs> you got to work way harder. That's That's been you my experience. People don't understand this. Like, You got to keep it safe. Yeah. You got to insulate it. You know what I mean? You can't, if, if the love gets fucked up, it's over with. Right. There's nothing more important than protecting that. Whatever innocence you got left in your craft, you got to protect it. That's because powerful. when that's gone, who cares? If you don't love it no more, you ain't going to keep doing it if you don't love it. So I'm, I'm fucking, this shit is, that's why I'm such a fucking dick when it comes to all this, man. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I know I could probably do more with these records and playlists and all that bullshit and chasing all that. I don't care about that though. I got into this as a response to people just being satisfied with a fucking compliment on the internet. Right. Right. It's like that shit don't mean fucking nothing, man. Where the fucking records at? You're dope, homie. Like put that shit on plastic. You want to put a record out? Yeah. Okay. Dope. You know what I mean? Then you get cats sending you fucking videos of, fucking mom in tears like it's the first time their mom believed in what they do right because their mom's always been like where's the record at right right 100 percent record in their mom's hands you know what i mean like when you i feel like when you live your and i don't get to have it's sad because you as you get as i get old i'm i'm in my mind i'm ahead of a lot of i spend a lot of time like thinking in my own mind so like i want to have a lot of conversations that I have with myself outwardly, right? Like that depth. And I find that you can't find that many people you can really have those meaningful conversations with. I mean, you can, but they're far, few and far in between. Yeah. And you finally do like, honestly assess yourself. You have to really like, that. what you said was so powerful. Like you have to protect little bit of innocence that you might have left because you end up monetizing, right? If you're a basketball player, you love basketball, someone's inevitably coming up to you like, when are you going to be in the NBA? 
Right. And then, and then all of a sudden, the innocence is not so innocent because now you've attached. Whenever you monetize a hobby, it it subtracts from the love oh. a little bit. I find if you, I don't know if you agree with me, but you know, it's that's what I find is like you find ways to exploit that innocence. See, that's the one word that rules the industry, and that's the that's the whole centerpiece, and the you know what I mean. That's what the especially now more than ever. Right. But. You know, let's just make these fucking records, man. Some of it goes, some of it don't. Right. At the least, it all breaks even. Right. I've lost on a couple. It ain't crazy. Right. Some of the shit gets really good traction on streaming. Right. That a lot. You know what I mean? I've paid motherfuckers thousands and thousands of dollars. It's dope. I'm, I love this shit. Right. It's the best part. You know what I mean? Because outside of physically creating a motherfucker's music for them that but putting that fucking check in their hand there's right. nothing in this world that increases confidence more than putting some money in a motherfucker's hand 100 percent. there's a movie yeah. and you- not like in advance putting like their earnings in their hand right and it's like a real number you know right. what i mean right and they're like, what there was, there's a movie on netflix that speaks exactly what you just said it's just, <laughs> it's just like this is great it's uh, <clears throat> I forget what it is because I, I so I don't sit down that often. So when I when I I forget what it was, but there was a scene in this movie, and it's 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 on now. Uh, it's about an artist and kind of just finding his way through love and his own sort of uh, desire for art, uh, what he's willing to sacrifice, all that kind of stuff, right? Young guy, and he gets to a point where he goes through this process of, you know, dating this woman. And still trying to balance out finding the time to get creative, which takes hours, right, of your own time. Um, like Mo Better Blues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Mo Better Blues. Yeah, very much so like that. One of my favorite movies, too, dog. I don't even know how you knew that. Um, Yo, I turned that movie off when he leaves the club. That's how I watch it. I don't watch the ending. I've seen it. In the, like, as soon as I own a copy of that, I've never, I hate that ending, though. I hate the happy ending. Right, right, right. You drive a dark person, right? I like when he when he, no, he burned in the club. But you it's live in like that's where it should have ended, right? Right. That's where you. But you live in that world where you see that as that's the like I could put you on that's the reality, yo. Right. I could put you on Vogue interview right now and be like, all right, down like you know how they have the celebrities sort of watch and be like, hey, what's realistic about this? What's not? You could right. be like, all right, right there. Pause. He leaves the club. He just he's he doesn't have no kids. He's got he goes and does what he has to do. <laughs> Don't make that phone call, bro. Don't right. make that yeah. phone call. Yeah, he gets the busted lip and he he just uh he continues to make the music and not go that direction. So that's that's cool. But my my uh my this movie really talked to me because that one point that you made where you put the check in their hands, this guy got a check from this chick at this museum exhibit, this exhibit that he did. Um, and before she slid the check over to him, it was the way she did it. She slid the check over to him and she pulled it back. She's like, don't let this change the quality of your work. Real, and she gave him real number. It was like, you know, they didn't show you the numbers like, you know, to the audience, but the dude's face was like, like his jaw was on the floor by his feet. Like, yo, this is what, you know, my time is worth, you know, in a, in a monetary sense. Yeah. You're like, I feel like, yes, that's great, but also, you know. That can easily have the most devastating consequences on your entire career. 
Shoes, you took it straight out of my mouth right there. <laughs> that was the best way to word it. Yeah, 100%. Because then it's like, all right, well, because you need money to eat and you need money to do practice. That's how I saw, see. I watched it with hip hop. Right. My favorite era is 92 to like late 96. Late 92 to late 96. Okay. And in the, I remember a specific day that the shit felt different, where it was already like a little shift, you know what I mean? It was like money and motherfuckers sticking to the dope shit, motherfuckers seeing the opportunity that hip hop was becoming commercially, just diving in, you know what I mean? And it became a fork in the road, you know what I mean? The third Friday in May of 1996. Wow. After that, like, it's crazy. I've always remembered that. It always stuck out. People talk about like 2000s and I'm like, yo, it was 96. It was just something missing. It's not that something changed. It's just from then on, there was just a real special ingredient that was like, it just disappeared in the greater scheme of things. You know what I mean? Like genetically, it was crazy. That sounds sounds very similar to, um, I forget the the person who says it, who did say it, but I've always held on to the sentiment. And it was something to this degree of an artist knows whether a work is complete or not, not by whether there's something left to add, but whether there's something, when there's nothing left to subtract. Right. And that hit, I can, I can never forget. I was in DC again. I was in DC way before I you know, went to, this exhibit and I saw, and I, I still remember looking at that, um, you know, we probably like in a Lego museum or something like that. And it was just like, you know, even as everything around me was childlike, that quote right there was like speaking to me, even just cause I lived through my art. I lived through what I do. I lived through teaching. I lived through being honest to the practice. Cause there, there is no, there is no faking what I do. I literally have to be able to physically replicate this from day to day. So even if I won, you know, I don't remember the last time I won a championship. I'm looking at one of these trophies here, 2017. That doesn't mean anything to me. It's just a decorative piece here. Like, just to show that, like, you know, I got somewhere, you know, but stuff on the wall, I don't care about any of that stuff. You know, my teacher's on the wall over there, which is more important than me over here. But, you know, it's like, I don't hold on to that. I'm really more, I'm kind of, I'm one of those guys where I hit a finish line of what I do. But while everyone's clapping for me in that regard, I'm already on to the next obstacle. Yeah, it's like I did that. But it's like I'm not looking at it. Did it. I'm, yeah. I'm looking this way. Yeah, you know I'll have I'm a drink. Saying? It lasts as long. I, I always say this, especially the people who won, like, big things. I'm like, let it last as long as a drink. Right. And then when you get to the bottom, go on to the, <laughs> go on to the next thing. How many people do you come across, right, like that hang on to stuff? Where like they just talking about the pack all the time. I'm yeah, like, man. The pack. I mean, even me talking about. That's why I'm not trying to spend a whole lot of time on Billy, even though like that is one of the things I'm I'm interested in. Well, I'll have you back on. I'm sure, like you know, if you grace us with your presence again. But um, you know, the there's a reason. You're talking about like repetitively, like yeah. different like yeah, always- I, would, I would love to yeah. have you. Up. Yeah, I mean, listen, if if I can, I mean, listen. When you text me, like, like hey, text me. I'm like. 
wait, hold on a second. <laughs> like, and I was like, and I, and I showed my son who you were, you know, both of them. And I was like, you don't know him. I said, but I've been, I said, I've been listening to him talk and do music for like years and years. I was like, so like when you get to a point where you have conversations with somebody, like again, I shot a shot at you. I don't know if I was going to be able to do it, but this it's, it's something interesting about, I did another interview with someone earlier and they live in Greece. Um, they're like, it's like some equivalent of what you are practically, right? In your field and, and just doing what I do. And I didn't realize when I went back in Facebook Messenger that that was a talk and that I initially reached out in 2013. It's the power of persistence. You you said that the other day on Instagram. Yeah, And I, yeah, reposted, I, I reposted it. I was like, it's exactly what it is. Like, yeah. You could get shot down nine times, 10 times, 11 times. You may get it the 45th time, Yeah. but stay with it. And I'm just trying to have conversation. Like that's, I'm trying to learn and pick up um, and diversify my interests. I love to like, you know, talk to different people. That's what this platform is for. Um, And obviously to promote what you're doing too. You've been the legs for so many people, you know, like I feel like, you know, it'd be nice to have someone, you know, do the same thing on yeah. your end, you know? And I appreciate it, brother. Gratitude, of course. Oh, listen, yeah, man, man, we're just both lucky to do what the fuck we love to do, man. Like, love it. Love it. It's, I'm it's, going, I'm going for 12 hours tomorrow, yo. 12 hours. Holy cow. And I'm looking forward to it. You know what I, I mean? Love, I love that. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go nuts. I love that. I love that. What do you tomorrow's do you- a super heavy day? Like it's fucked up. Like <laughs> okay, like Dylan changed a lot of things. He changed Valentine's Day, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think well for those who know, a lot of people don't really know that personally, but he got buried on Valentine's Day. You know what I mean? I saw that post. I did. I saw that post before we yeah. Yeah. So, um, were you there? Were you present for that? uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. I know. I was was in New York when he died. Yeah. I was in New York. Woke up over here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that on the stream. Like, a lot of people say that, you know, Jake Dillon changed my life, bro. There are shirts like that. Well, the story of the dude that made that shirt originally that was is a super G. That's Dexstar from uh, Germany. Gotcha. Really good kid, an OG fan of Dylan, you know what I mean? Right. And he made that shirt and wore it at that, at that last show. Gotcha. Uh, before, I think Stone Stroke just kind of jacked that design and yeah. bought him a sandwich. Um, <laughs> but what were we talking about? I lost my step. Um, no, we, we were talking about Dilla's funeral and ba- getting back. Oh yeah, how people, you know, the whole Jay Dilla changed my life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's I understand the sentiment, but it's like you know, it's like kind of a a, a movement a little bit. It's kind of funny. Change your ear, maybe. Right. Right. Change your snares. Right. Changed, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole from our initiation, and you know, God bless all day. You know, I'm honored, super honored to be that. But you know, went to the funeral. I was supposed to be moving to New York. Like he's responsible for me moving to LA. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy for me having children out here. You know what I mean? Like for me having just the whole finally making the decision to leave. Yeah. People just throw the, throw the words around, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you could be a fan. You don't have to be, like, the 
biggest fucking fan. It's not like a we ain't pulling our dicks out over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I such a, it's such a dick measuring contest. It's so corny, yo. Like keeping yeah. it a buck. Like a lot of this fucking JD shit has gotten super corny. Like it's really weird stand shit. Right. Never see you don't see it with other people. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like it's more of like when they like taking that statement. Let's analyze that, right? Like Jay Dillard changed my life. I feel like for the first few years of listening to him, and I mean, I grabbed- I love Pete Rock. I love Pete Rock, bro. Like, Pete Rock was my shit. By and far, favorite hip hop artist, producer right. ever. Right. I would never say that he changed my life, though. Right. I'd be like, yo, that was my shit. Ooh, right. them Pete Rock right. beats were crazy. Right. You know or change your relationship with music, which then in turn changes your relationship. Because you, as you know, you know, I'm sure you've been in, in sessions, or even producing things on your own where like. Well, fuck, <laughs> damn. So you just caught me again. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. On Christmas Eve right. of 1992, uh, you can't sleep the night before Christmas. Right. And I, I went through all of the booklets for the CDs I had. I had like 300 CDs, but the Pete Rock and the Mecca and the Soul Brother, I wrote down every sample. I was just like reading through the notes, but when Mecca and the Soul Brother came up, I wrote down all the samples and the songs that they were. And that was the first time that I dug for samples. Right. So technically, fucking Pete Rock changed my life too. Right, right. I mean, digging for records before I was really DJing any of that shit. Now I got thousands of these motherfuckers. Yeah, yo. I was, so I'm on uh, Crate an episode of Crate Diggers. They were like, "How many records you have?" He's like, "It's like, oh well, you know, thirty thousand. What? I'm like, what? Thirty thousand? I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like, but you can't even, you know, when you try to ascribe a number to something in real life where it doesn't yeah. seem possible, like you hear the Holocaust numbers and it's numbers that don't even make sense. You're like, Chris yo, Love said he had two hundred thousand the other day. Two hundred thousand. So I have like." 7,500 records, maybe. 200. 7,500. He has 30 times the amount of records that I have. Oh, word. Like, but that's crazy. And, like, and just, and you had a flood from what I, from what I, oh, I had a couple of floods, man. Oh. Yeah, in Detroit, of course. That shit don't happen out here. <laughs> out here, you know what I mean? In the D, I got you. I got you. But you still, but you still love the D. You still, yeah. Let's go, sweet home, man. Right, I got you. Like I haven't been there. I haven't been there, but uh, I, I feel like, I feel like even in Jay's music, you can hear how you can hear a place that you haven't been to. Kind of like when you read a book and you try to ascribe the visuals to it. I feel That's like Ill. you can sort of walk through Detroit through a lot of those albums, Conan Gardens, and you know a lot of those stuff. Um, what was it? Fantastic volume. I think it was fantastic volume two. I think D'Angelo was on that. Wanted to tell me, yeah. um, not trying to like just like tell you, show you the proof that I know, um, but just because I've been such a fan of the music, and it's like it's cool to be able to be a fan of something where you can delve. It makes you delve into it for years. We're talking like, let me see, it's 06, he died. Uh, volume one is twenty five years old. That shit is disturbing. 25 years old. That's disturbing, yo. Like, I, I come on, man. Like, come on. Like, no, nah, like, I remember selling them tapes at fucking Car City. 
Right. East Side, Car City Classics, record yeah. shop. I used to work there with Ed. Right. I gave one of the tapes to the Japanese dude for Manhattan Records, and that led to the first 12 inch. The Got fucking you. I don't know 12 inch. You know right. what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Holy cow. And Melodies and Memories was like a, a, a slam. And I hear a lot of artists talk about that <laughs> like yep. and whatnot. So I know you had been there, been there for a while, did a stint and uh yep. did some great dig. What is like, what is the dig, what was like, I guess the digging process like? Um you, I, I don't know if you can even do it anymore because I don't know where you find them in stores, but what was it like? Did you ever like dig with Jay or like? You know, did he teach you? I mean, he would come to the spot. I would be working at the record store. So he right. would come and pull up. And just boom, boom, boom. Here's what I want. And he would take, I guess, right, all the stuff that people would be like, oh, that's no good. He'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> he had, you know, he had his little shopping moods. You know, sometimes he would leave with one record. Right. Sometimes he'd leave with, you know, 300 records. 300. Yeah. Holy cow. And this is the time when they were like, what, like, how much per record we realistically talk about? Uh, you know, I mean, they could be anywhere from a dollar to, you know. Right. 20, $25. Because now you can get a, a, you buy a vinyl that's like 80 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you. Yeah, shit is out of control now, man. Jeez. <laughs> it's real, real. I know, I know that's a real number because I looked it up. My, my father still got. Um, you know, just holding on to a few vinyls, nowhere near obviously your collection, but you know, it's, everyone right. holds on to something that something from their earlier part of their life, you know, a trade right. memories or something. Yeah, I, I still have a cassette tape uh, hanging around somewhere here, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that even at the end of Jay's life, too, like getting to the end of that timeline where he was working from his hospital bed, like dying. That, that, I mean, you know, he was listening to records and shit and, like, maybe recording shit into the computer. Uh, but that that borders on urban legend. That story has been told and spread and passed by a lot of different sources. But when you talk to those that were, like, right there yeah. in person, right sitting there, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's, like, questionable he was doing things but he wasn't like making a beat taping that bitch he wasn't like yeah I got you know you. I mean? he wasn't like that you got you yeah. just being but just and and i'm with that because i feel like that's the most real now who am i but that's what i feel is the more realistic take on things yeah. in, a, in a situation where your health is you know really coming to more than question right it's actually on the line you know, I feel like it would be hard. Like, I mean, if I can't stand, really, I can't even do my job. You know, I could sit and teach a class of hundreds of people, no problem. But, you know, then my credibility is sort of a question if you're new, you know, so um, and taking class with me the first time. Right. But if you're, right. a guy, if you're a guy of his stature, it's almost like at the same time, you can believe it. Right. Like, even though you may not have been there, it's like I could see that. However, this is probably more likely in the situation that you described. Well, there. you know, he died and everybody, all of a sudden everybody was still a fan. Yeah. Donuts is everybody is the most incredible thing anybody ever heard. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, right. Until a little bit late. Just a, y'all just a little bit late. A little bit late. Not yeah. even not even no like gatekeeper shit. Right. Like homie's dead. Right. Homie been busting his ass, whooping 
everybody's ass for the better part of a decade. Right, running circles. And now, all of a sudden, this motherfucker's on the ground and y'all paying attention. Right. You know what I mean? When I I, I I heard donuts the first time, I didn't, I was thoroughly unimpressed. Gotcha. Because I was like, I never heard anything that was so influenced. Like, that shit sounded like a Mad Lib tape to me. Interesting. I got you. Like, I was like, what? I was like, there was a few joints where I was like, that's dope. See so you like cry? five joints that I rock with. You know don't, what I mean? Like, don't. both sent me the fucking promo CD and the cardboard sleeve. I had that shit way before. Right. And I was like, Ugh. Right. But when he passed, yeah. everything changed. That's when the whole mythology and the... Gotcha. Surrounding the man. kind of opened up, and you listen to it a whole different way. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess this book that just came out with, uh, again, shout out to the author, Dan Charnas. Uh, who I follow on IG, uh, I guess that's part of part of that process is to sort of like lay out, you know, and, I, and I, he's talking about, I've listened to a few interviews with him um, specifically with this book. Um, and it's great. Like, it's like been, it's been marketed so well. Like, you know, like I've seen it on billboards. I've seen it in, uh, I shared it like a few days. I was like, I, I was just, you know, I feel like a, a promoter kind of like yourself, like I'm sort of maybe digital legs to get like new ears yeah. on that. Like just how you said, and for me, it's like yeah. awesome to expose somebody to something that you really are. Well, when you're life. passionate, not everybody's passionate about things. Correct. You know what Correct. I mean? Correct. It has people that listen. Right. When you have people that listen and you're passionate, I, I you know, I talk, I booze, cheesesteaks, like everything that I love, I tell everybody over and over and over again. You know multiple, what I mean? Multiple times, right? Like just yeah. kind of, cram, like you said, cramming it down. Like, hey, you got to come try this. You got to come do this. Yeah. And it's all for a, a good benefit, right? It's 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 pretty cool. But I feel like, uh, I don't know. It's I feel like when I finally, get, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on the book. Um, I'm really excited to be sitting here talking to you. Um, what would you give people who are not just in the music industry, but people who are trying to, a lot of people are trying to find themselves these past two years. And trying to like, hey, um, I, you know, working this nine to five is really not, and not working it has made me realize, hey, I like this, or you know, I really had a knack for this, and then I got away from it. What maybe tips would you give from your time in music and producing music, which is art? You basically produce art. Well, I mean, honestly, and this might be fucked up, but to yeah. me. It's a very, very simple answer. Figure it out. Gotcha. Three words. Figure it out. And whatever you can't figure out, and this is just as equally as important to the first statement, ask questions. There you go. There you go. Don't just ask anybody questions. You know what I mean? You know, like the most important thing I was ever told in school was my, my government teacher, my junior, my junior year, uh, Dr. Butler, and he taught us to be source critical. You know what I mean? Like that. Where you have to be, you know, we all, we all especially now, we all digest so much, ran, so many random bits of information. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful what you accept without further investigation. You right. know what I mean? You got to be aware of where all this shit is coming from. So just like that, when you're asking these questions, ask, try to get to the source and ask as close to the source as you can to ask those questions. Right. That's, um, that's a great way to, very simple. 
it's not like it's far from far from effective because that's kind of the only way you can really get there at the end of the day. And of course, the age old cliche: write the shit down. Right. Does that does that really work? Write it. Uh, I mean, visualizing it. Yes. It ain't shit. It ain't shit until you see it. Right. Which sound it can some for me for a long time it sounded like space shit. Right. But it's super easy. Like it's it's literally almost kind of nowhere until you put it on a piece of paper. Right. Or just type it in your fucking notes on your computer. And I gotta you ain't gotta write it down with a pen. Okay. You just have to be able to visually, you know what I mean? A feedback loop to yourself effectively, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I can look at it every day, like boom, you know, okay, this is what and then giving yourself, I, I always say to compliment what you said, which I thought was great. I always tell people to give yourself fewer options. Give yourself fewer options. If it's if it's like you know, if you put you know what Elon Musk says, if you get if you give yourself three days to clean your house, it'll be clean in three days. If you give yourself thirty minutes to clean your house, it'll be clean in thirty minutes. The so short, the short I, is doing the work. Yeah, correct, right? And and I thought about that, and I was like, how can I translate now? I don't want to like just quote him in a class. How can I make it? How can I take the, because Marshall. Well, no, quote him because he's current events and they'll respond no, to that. A, like, a, thousand, a thousand percent. I was just trying to make it for the, you know, four or five and six year olds who have like no idea how to spell that. <laughs> that weirdo that, that weirdo that sells the cars with the funny yeah, hair. Yeah, exactly. With the big T on the car, they'll be like, oh yeah. Um, you know, but I try to make it, I try to make, uh, you know, real life, uh, again, take things from people who, in martial arts, we do this all the time, right? It's like, I find a guy that does this really well. Our bodies are pretty cool because you take an x-ray, we all the same. So, you know, all the divisions that we have here, one of my biggest creeds, it's, it's on my, my welcome packets is differences die at the door here. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Indian, Chinese, whatever. I don't care. If you're putting this uniform on, you are part of my extended family. Yeah, you're my student, goddammit. All you are my yeah. students. Correct. Period. You know, and that includes the, the the parents as well. But it's like understanding the sort of uniformity that we have when we're here. There are differences. I understand that are present, but we can sort of like we can celebrate those sort of in an understanding on the mats together. We're humans. Where this is all human. I'm teaching you one thing in many different ways. It's not what's like the what's the wildest thing you've had to deal with uh, as far as a parent? Reaction. Um, I would say I don't, I don't even really know to be honest with you. It's we were at a karate championship today. I, I was texting right, and uh, I was glad you got back to me. I was glad you were feeling better actually. Um, and uh, we came. I was we were scoring this at this championship, and some of the parents. You know, my wife was telling me some of the parents. You can I can't hear it because I'm so far away and and into it because. I love fighting. I love the art of it. I love what goes into it. The visualization you were talking about. We have to do that all the time. I have to vision. I talk, tell it to my kids. I tell it to my own children here. I was like, you have to see it here. For Even if you just stand in the room and look at the wall, you got to visualize exactly how this is going to happen. You know, defense, all the stuff that goes into it. But parent-wise, I mean, I can't pinpoint one. I just know, principally speaking, I've had people been like, yo, why'd you score it this way? My son punched first and yada, yada. I was like, that's not, that's not the point. The point was what I saw. 
not what you saw first, what I saw first. Because when I go to a bar, and just like when you go, when you go into a club and you hear music, you hear someone else DJ, with a general population, they're hearing something completely different than what your ears are picking up on. <laughs> a thousand percent, right? So when uh, I go no, tech, I don't know. I mean, technically, we're hearing the same shit. Right. But I the just, way in which you're hearing it. Well, no, I... How can I say it without sounding like a real dick? You know what I mean? Like the truth. <laughs> it's like a motherfucker on a college genius reading level reading like a knockoff Dr. Seuss book. Gotcha. Gotcha. Your, your education is so much further. You know, like what goes into this? No, yeah, you yeah. know how much more there is that out there for us how much more is available i right. never understood right why you would want to go to the club and hear the same shit you heard all the day on the radio and you hear that shit every three hours over and over and over again pretty much pretty much like if you're a dj you're supposed to inform and educate in my opinion that's not how anyone else look everyone else would be like no nah, you're wrong play the crowd fuck the crowd great djs clear dance floors right <clears throat> right take risks. I mean, there's nothing better than playing somebody their favorite shit for the first time. I love that. And, and you're not trying to play you the shit that's hardwired into your brain that you need to hear because you ain't heard it in six hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, But that's cool that you take that like sort of sort of like instructional approach. And I felt, oh, like, I, I felt like I was going to get that with that without even having to talk to you. I, got, I was going to be a teacher. I got kicked out of when I got kicked out of college. I was going to be a teacher. Gotcha. What were you going to teach, if you remind me asking? Uh, I wasn't sure, but... Right. For something. High, uh, high school, like younger high school, like ninth to 10th grade. Gotcha. That's yeah. a critical period of time, right? You got to catch people yeah. as their minds are about to like almost, almost close up. I tell people the brain doesn't... The brain stops growing really at 25 or fully formed. It's not fully formed till 25. So if that's... If that's a true scientific fact, then I find if you kind of keep, let's use a white belt mentality because that's where everybody starts, right? If you keep a white belt mentality on, I wear a black belt every day, but I tell people, keep a white belt around here when you go outside. And literally say that. I'm like, yo, even parents, I'm like, yo, keep a white belt because your conclusions are going to be your conclusions are based on so many things, but if you stop trying to reach conclusions and keep your mind open to just being sensitive to the information, I feel like you grow so much faster and in so much and so much better directions than someone that's just looking to, you know, sound good to the other person eavesdropping on the other side of the room. Right, 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 right. It makes sense, you know, being real. I've, I've seen people do that where I'm like, you didn't have to say it like that. You could have been simpler. <laughs> But you know, I feel a lot like of people, a lot of people just want to be the same as everyone else. Right, right. But I, I mean, but and when I say a lot, we're talking about a lot, a of lot the of population. People. You know what I mean? Like yeah, really educated listeners. That's why I stopped getting upset about the whole underrated or that whole approach because it's such a small fraction of the population that's really paying attention to good music anyway. Right. You know what I mean? I like the way you worded that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I just felt like you had an instructional vibe, like, you know, just in how you... I thought, I, man, I've really impressed myself. I, I get in the zone sometimes where I, like, kind of just turn into that. Right. 
And I'll like kind of be done after the conversation, I'll be like, damn, baby, did you hear me talking to him like that? <laughs> <laughs> but you study, but you really like, you study like what can talk, you know, it's my, th I keep this shit so casual that my language is always very casual, yeah. but I could talk some boardroom shit, like, right. but it's not by, I don't decide yeah. it. It just comes out sometimes. It's creepy. I got you. Hey, you surprise yourself every now and then, right? That's what you need <laughs> to say. Like, just be like, hey, I can walk in there. But just being able the ability, again, another concept, being able to adapt, right, to your situation and your circumstance. I saw people today that were, you know, probably no no big three feet tall, you know, put people who were five feet tall on the floor. You know, like, I was like, yo, yeah. one of the things I said, I was like, you know, I, I don't try to preach anything, you know, in, in big in big areas. I keep it fairly simple. Like, it's, I feel like me and you have the same lingo. I just don't do it on my end here on the podcast, but like my language is pretty free reign. I'm like, yo, just try to keep it simple. Size really doesn't matter. Right. You see, you've seen that, you see that today, not because this person is trying to take it easy. Look at his face, it's red. I can't even turn red. So like, you know, <laughs> this guy's huffing and puffing and, right. and this little girl who's six years old, you know, just put, and she was really impressive. And she just threw this guy on the floor. I mean, several opponents, like just like pop, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's just, that's wild how she could be this tall and really and make a bigger I feel like they make bigger statements than I can like I'm supposed to be able to beat you up I'm 6'4 225 pounds what right. do you expect me to be able to do if I can move fast and I have some precision yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm an impressive uh the, the longer I the longer I practice I feel like the less substantial I feel if that makes sense like it's not about I'm less impressive to myself I feel like I'm more like my job is to be the conduit, like you said, I love that word, to be the conduit for other people to access this, which yeah. they don't even know that this is, they don't even know that this experience exists yet. There you go, once again. You know, they don't even know. They're like, oh, this is just a commercial, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not commercial, I'm in a garage. I don't know how commercial you can get. I know the, there's levels to that, right? You know, you can do the same thing industry-wise here, right? Like put the bill, yeah. big billboard signs up. I'm not really about that. Um, but I am about talking to people real and keeping it simple. Like there's not a whole lot that goes into this. You show up, you do it again tomorrow, you show up again, you work a little bit harder than yesterday, come back next week. It's really what we're doing. It's, it's all we're doing. And you're tr and the big part, right, is you're trusting, just like your listeners trust you to provide, you know, that great music that you pump out. Like, you know, when I put, when I type in house shoes, I know I'm going to be in for, you know, on Twitch, I know I'm going to be in, I can relax and lean back a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's a pleasure, man. Seriously, it's uh you know it's a pleasure listening to your music and and listening to you talk over the years. I've listened to your interviews as many as I can as I could. Yeah. Um, not all preparing for this podcast. I really didn't do a whole lot of preparation. <laughs> did I, you see I, the Portland joint? The one recently, the one that I did for the the morning show in Portland. Did you have um the camo one? Was it a camo jacket? Was that it? Was that was that far? It was it was me and Rev Shines, and it was a I didn't uh, see that. Two Dread was talking. I did not see. I didn't see that one. I didn't get into. Right. I, I got. I covered. I covered ground from you know whatever popped up on YouTube. I typed in house shoes. And I was like, let me see if this guy is even like you know. I didn't even know what it was. Like it's just a random like thought before I went. I was like, let me see 
I was looking for someone who actually would be really, I look for people who are going to be really informational. Like, you got, you have a, a long history with music, you know, and it's like, I feel like you have that, not even know about the teacher thing. Like, I'm an instructor, you have a teacher vibe to you. It's like you understand things like, like a master understands from what I read, understands things from the inside out. And you've got that whole, <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the process locked down, but you've also got the collaborative history and you still have, I guess, the love for, do you still have the innocent love for, for what well, something doing? Something that's super duper crazy. Uh, are you familiar with Sara? I am not. No, I'm sorry. Shafiq Hussein. So Sara. Oh, wait. Yes, I, I, I am. I listened to it right. in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the first time uh, me and Shafiq talked, uh, he called me master teacher. And that shit fucked me up Dope. because Sarah is fucking cold. You know Ooh, what I mean? And I know him spiritually. He's all spiritual shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That shit fucked me up, yo. Master teacher. I was like, you know, and but it was a it was a confidence builder because I was like, you know what? You got damn right. <laughs> like, for real. like, you know what I mean? It's not it's not arrogance. It's not confidence. It's just understanding what the fuck you done did in this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like right. I put a lot of work in, man. Yep. And you go through things that can erase situations situations and circumstances that you provided over the years. And sometimes you just got to, you just got to really soak up all that you've done. Right. You know what I mean? Like we forget the things that we've done in the conference, even if it's the, sm if it's the smallest thing. And if you ain't done shit, get to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a great way to, I think that's a great way to leave things off. That's uh, that's kind of what we're, what we're about, man. Um, yo, I don't want to take up too much of your time, man. I, I feel like I could talk to you all for the, for the rest of the week. Um, <laughs> I, I really uh, am honored to have you here, bro. It's it's like uh, it's like a dream come true, man. I mean, I like I said, I've listened to your music, I've heard you speak. I, I love the vibes, the energy I got um, just from hearing stuff. I feel like I have a good filter for good people and. Um, I'm really, uh, really grateful to have any of your time uh, talking to me here, you know, so it's it's really been a pleasure. But thank you, brother, so much. I want to talk to you for like a second or two after I after yeah. I uh, close out the podcast. So stay with me. Guys, no this, this is episode 11 of the Mastery Podcast. You have DJ House Shoes over here on the other end. Thank you so much, brother. Salute. Respect, brother. Peace out.